I'll just keep my eyes open for our guests if they should they appear, uh, because I did do an abridged version of uh, of a reflection, hoping that uh, I could fit. I wouldn't keep you here too long because I could smell the aroma of the food that's coming out of the great hall. And if you can smell what I'm smelling, it's it's quite alluring. And I didn't want to sit. Yes. Yes. I didn't want to keep. I didn't want to keep you hungry. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Cup of tea. But we've got to make another meal today. So make sure you stay, because you guys run off halfway through. I'm not happy about that. You've got to stay for fellowship. Yeah. All right, good. So when we have our services, when we have our service today, hopefully I'll have... But if not, I've got a, I've got a plan B in my head that's kind of just working away as we speak. I guess as we read today, there's a message for us. There's a message for us as we're moving forward and having this combined service, I guess we can talk about the message and all hear the same one. That's right. Jesus finishes, the gospel finishes today by saying no one who who has their hand on the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom. That's That's a pretty strong directive, isn't it? If we have said that we have the pl- hand on the plough as members of St. Matthew's and St. Linus's to bring the gospel to the, our community and to release the glory of our God into our community, then, and we don't do that, then Jesus is saying, well, you've got to think about your fitness for the kingdom. Are you ready to come into his kingdom? Have you allowed yourself to die so that Jesus can live inside you? As Maya read so eloquently in the second reading, there is a worldliness inside us and there is the Holy Spirit. And there is always this tension between the two. We want to do the easier path. We want to do the path that we all know. But yet the Holy Spirit calls us to live in that zone that's outside our comfort zone and to love and to show peace and to treat each other with dignity. It's an, it's an important thing, isn't it? And yet we see here some examples of people being, by, according to Jesus, being distracted. I mean, even to go and stop to bury your parents, Jesus says, leave that. Get on with the kingdom. Get on with working for the kingdom. I know as a son who had to bury mum and dad, and I thought to myself, you know, th- to have that directive where, all right, I'll get the funeral director just to bury you and I have to keep going, um, is a very important thing for me to consider. And, I, and as we've got to know each other, I feel comfortable and safe in sharing c- certain ideas with you. And when my mum passed away, this was the gospel reading three years ago when my mum passed away for the Sunday and she passed away on the Tuesday morning and I had chapel that day. I had, a, I had middle school chapel, the five, sixes, sevens and eights. And it was that tension of sitting there that morning and going, Lord, what do I do? I want, I've got to look out and I've got chapel and this reading kept buzzing in my head. So I prayed that Tobin Brothers Funerals would come and collect mum and they did. <clears throat> and I was able to go that day and do chapel. Sometimes we just have to work and balance the priorities of our life. But it's not to dismiss my mum's death. It caused me great pain and uh, I worked through it. But I have declared to God that my hand is on the plough. So when your hand's on the plough and there's a year, year five, sixes and sevens and eights waiting 
to be um, challenged in their faith, waiting to hear one of Rev Rob's stories from when he was in year five, six, seven and eight, then we've got to make sure that we keep our hand on the plough and keep moving forward. And whilst I was anxious that morning, I found great peace in that I had done the right thing by my mum, but also by my ministry to, to my Lord God. And there was a great peace for me at the end of the day. So I don't, when I challenge you guys on things, it's not challenged lightly. I, I have lived some of these experiences, as, as you have, as all of you have had at some point in your life. But the whole goal of living a Christian life is to put God at the front and centre of everything that we do. And nothing can compete with that. As we read, as Maya read earlier, we can't have our desires of the flesh outweigh the lessons of the Spirit. So what does that mean for us as we move forward? Well, it means, I guess, when we're holding the plough, are we going to get distracted by whether Rev Rob's wearing, um, it's a green day today, but just say I put on, this, put on the red stole. Would that actually matter in the long run? If we forgot to put the candles on, would that actually matter in the long run? And yet sometimes we make those things, the thing we focus on, above and beyond what is actually happening in our journey of worship, in our journey of faith. We are here together as the body of Christ. And I see St. Linus and St. Matthews together and it brings me great joy to see you all here. It's an amazing feeling to see that. Yeah. So it's an amazing feeling to have that. Do we focus on that? Or do we think about maybe past divisions that have happened? We put our hand on the plough and we forget the past divisions and we enjoy the times that we are together celebrating God and worshipping God. That's what matters. The other stuff has happened. We can't change the past. We can't go back and do anything about the past. But we can certainly make our present, our present for our God and our future of the church. And I guess this is the plan B that's kind of been stewing. As I've been talking, you've probably noticed I'm a bit more distracted. But the plan B that I had in, in light of the fact that our guest hasn't arrived is there's a, when we talk about refugees and we talk about their lives, when they have to leave their countries and their places and their spaces of origin, there is no do I, don't I. They just have to jump and take a leap of faith and move from their town. I mean, if you look at the Ukrainian experience, we have wives, mothers, daughters leaving their husbands and brothers behind because they have to stay and fight. But they've got their hand to their plough. They've got their hand to doing what is right and, and stopping a great evil from occurring in their country. Do we take that journey and... and and if, sorry, and if that journey was taken in a different way, do they go, well, it's too hard, we don't want to see anyone die, so we'll just let um, Vladimir Putin have our land. That's, that's an easy way out. But at what point then does an evil man get told that what he's doing isn't right? So these people have their hand to the plough for truth and justice and making sure that their story is heard throughout the world. 
I know from my father's story as a refugee, he, he was um, in World War II and the first wave of people came through and that was the Nazis and he was told at the point of a... Because my grandfather and father were tailors, so at the point of a gun he was told that, well, you'll make our uniforms and you'll do it happily, won't you? And when a gun's being pointed at you, you kind of smile and say, yeah, sure, no problem. But the problem was, as the Nazis left and the communists came through from Russia, they then started to kill the people that had helped the Nazis. So you had this situation where my grandfather and father were faced with death because they had helped the Nazis at the point of a gun. They didn't do it willingly, but they did it to, to preserve their life. So my father, if you look at the um, Sound of Music, where um, the Von Trapp family left Austria and went over the Alps this way, somewhere along the line, my father might have crossed over because he went over that way. So he went through the north of Croatia, out through uh, Hungary and Austria and over the top of those Alps to end up in Salzburg, in a refugee camp in Salzburg. My grandfather said to him, you have to go, otherwise both of us will be dead. So my grandfather was killed, as was expected, and my father lived. And he stayed there till 1957 and came to Australia on the Snowy Mountain Scheme. Some of, most of you may remember that. Uh, he received some money from the government. I think uh, there was three or four lines. There was Canada, Germany and Australia. And I think the Australians were offering the, mo the most money. So he went for the Australian line and all of his family ended up going to either Canada or Germany. So he kind of thought, well, I'll take a risk. But he had to have the hand on the plough. He couldn't just release that and go into a half-hearted attitude. I'll come to you in a sec. He couldn't release it and have a half-hearted attitude. He had to give everything that he had. If we look at our example here of St. Matthew's and St. Linus's, well, we have to give everything we have. We have to give everything we have to love each other. We have to give everything that we can to create peace in our world. We have to give everything that we can to show compassion, care, all the gifts of the, all the fruits of the Holy Spirit to each other. Without hesitation and without filtering it. Because that's what we are called to do in today's reading. Yes, my friend. We're still dropping out on the brother and sister who's up in Sydney. Okay. Well, there you go. So there's family everywhere. Yeah. So we have. So there's family everywhere, and family's always dispersed and different. But in today's reading, Jesus does say in a very strong way if you look back, then you can't look forward. And I think that's the message of today. We can either look back and walk into the pole that's in front of us or we can just keep looking forward, knowing what's happened and using the Holy Spirit to help us restore and renew and refresh whatever we are doing in our community. As we move forward, can I invite you to join me on a, story, on a journey that renews and refreshes and recreates and reinvents this parish in the imagination of our Lord God. The Lord be with you.